to another episode of the CrossFit Howard podcast. This is episode number 87. Today we've got Ravi. Ravi, thank you for joining us. No, thank you for having me. The first question that goes out to everyone is uh, what brought you, why CrossFit Harrow? Uh, I think CrossFit Harrow, because I think during lockdown, like, I got into the, like, I was a bit of a fan, fanboy of like, CrossFit for ages, like watching okay. like, Netflix documentaries and stuff like that. So I was like, after a while of like, at the time when I got into it, I started watching it, I was um, really into running and stuff. So I didn't really like, think twice about it. And then as like got away from running because of like like niggly injuries and stuff like what started going to the gym and kind of like started doing the classes and then kind of like got into that going into gym and stuff and then lockdown happened it was like what do I make of like working out and stuff how do I keep up with it and stuff and it was like oh maybe I'll try and build a box and me and my brother-in-law built a box so we've got I've got one at my parents house now. oh right so, have yeah, you? yeah yeah so I built one gone to my parents house I was like okay and then as like lockdown started easing up and stuff like going back to the gym and stuff it was like it was deep, like enjoyed it as much like going back to the gym but I felt like oh, I just want something or someone to push me and I was like yeah. I don't really want to pay for a PT and stuff and then yeah and then kind of like just googled like CrossFit around me and the other two gyms which are closer than closer to, to where I live they had like a waiting list and stuff and then I think you guys had like that no sweat session yeah so like and by the time they emailed me back it already been like three ramp on sessions deep with like keys and stuff so it's like I'll just stay here so that and that's, works out yeah. well for you yeah, good so good because yeah. um, you've got quite an interesting um, uh, uh, journey you 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 actually have a degree in sports science yeah and wanted a career in fitness is that yeah. right in saying yeah so I, I think at college I was like I was, I was always good at science and stuff and like sports been like in my life like constantly from from a young age like being active so if I put the two together it's like match made in heaven kind of thing yeah, yeah. So like, yeah great and then I, I don't know what happened it was like I think the mentality of like when you're at college it's like you're studying for a job you're at uni you're, you're going for a job kind of thing and then coming out of it I was like right what am I what job am I actually going to get and then I thought oh like coaching and stuff do, do like coaching badges during uni and stuff I thought, oh maybe coaching's the way to go what, what sports were they in yeah, so I got my like level one and two in football, oh, yeah. level one in cricket. Yeah. Um, even went over to the states to coach football for oh, wow. a, for a summer and stuff. So that was like, I was like gearing up to like this life in, and I thought I was quite and stuff that I did in my degree was like quite like biomechanics was kind of like, like performance analysts. Yeah. So I was like, ah, oh, this is like me geek out on like performance Data tech, and, yeah, 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 and all yeah. that sort of stuff. And then it's with sports. I thought uh, because not not so long ago, probably about a decade ago, actually, like the whole. Um, the whole going over to the states to yeah. do coaching was huge was and that's massive. what i went where did i go 2008 so when it was like yeah summer of 2008 yeah. I went over where did you go whereabouts uh where didn't i go i started off in like california oh wow worked my way across ended up in like texas like the border of like texas and louisiana so like deep i call it i call it deep south it's not the deep south but like met some like I think like the stereotypical Americans, <laughs> I think you'd call it, yeah. So I met a few interesting, and then again worked our way back to California. Uh, and was that working with like soccer like, in their, their soccer teams, right? Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, so it was like a it was like a UK. They're called UK International Soccer Camps at the time. May have changed their name since then. Um, and it was just like look, they just went around recruiting for for universities and stuff. And literally each week we'd go to a different town, city. Um, and just coach for the week like different oh, wow. age groups and depending on like your level of uh, coaching ability you'd coach different groups um, they'd hold like elite sessions for like we even had coaches with like UAFB coaches wow. and stuff like that so it ranged from like beginners who are just like wanting the experience to people like you know going yeah, for yeah. that kind of thing because so, yeah. football's 
getting bigger in the states like it hasn't always been no uh, exactly and even back then it was like 2008 was like still wasn't like a huge thing because i think apart from like it was massive because i think the women's team were like yeah the women's been, team were pretty strong yeah so and the whole setup is like built around through not like us where it's like private clubs kind of thing it's all built through like through the school screwed the schools and stuff yeah. like that so all the all the things that we were doing were kind of extracurricular so the kids were already like fairly enthusiastic because they were doing it in school and there's also the discipline that they have around that right yeah it's like a huge thing about like and growing up playing football and having coaches and stuff like the level of respect that they have for a coach there compared to here not yeah. saying that the, like the uk is awful at respecting coaches because sophie's looking over there looking at me <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> but, um, but it, is, it is a very yeah. Yeah, there is a big gap i think I, exactly I agree with that. and like and the parents as well that i was only like 19 when i went and i never had that sort of like respectful authority to be like if i said something parents like listen to coaches like <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was taken back by it. So, yeah, it was definitely, that was... It's a very different culture, right? Different culture in terms of, like, because I think, I think where it leads you to, like, respecting the coach, you think, like you said, the discipline, you're in a, like, school, you're at university, then you become professional. Here, it's like, you could be 12 playing in a park and someone goes, come have trials at a yeah, club kind of it's thing. a very different setup. It's a different setup, and it's like, yeah. actually, that... They have a better system, I think. Um, yeah, I think a better system for actually, like, I think nurturing or nurturing Correct. talent whereas here's like if you unfortunately if you know someone somewhere and but if finding talent finding will be better, ta- will be better yeah. yeah finding talent you can find talent anywhere yeah. I think that's the I guess the magic whereas there like it's a bit robotic in terms of like you're going to college you're going to do this there's a scheme there's a thing that like they listen to the 50 year olds who have done it for 30 years whereas I think now here I think there's a bit more fluidity in that yeah. there's a lot of more I guess yeah, absolutely. Uh, maverick people around so 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 went to the states and and, and done yeah. that came back came back i graduated and it was like right what am i going to do like let, let, ready to hit the real world like, and then six months had passed and couldn't find a job to save my life like in anything i tried like I tried all the websites I even went to my lecturers to be like where do i get a head start like what do i do and this is with a sports science degree this was a sports science degree and i thought okay and then i thought okay i'll uh, i'll have a look around and see what like we're still struggling and in that six months, I became like a, I became a qualified personal trainer as well. Like, I think they did level two and level three. I think it, it's not, I wouldn't say progression is the right word, but it's a yeah. natural route to take. Yeah. Because some people do that through their degree. Because yeah. I'm, I'm right in saying that within your degree, you get avenues that you can go down. Exactly. Some yeah. might be rehab, some might be personal Ex- training element. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So I thought, oh, I'll just have the personal training bit because I thought what I was going for, like the performance analysis kind of thing, it's quite a niche kind of market in terms of like with with that kind of degree so um and i thought oh you know I'll, I'll go for i'll become like i say become a personal trainer but i'll get the qualification and i thought i got it and then i think equally like the mindset was that once i've got a qualification i've got a job kind of thing so and it, it never really came to fruition like the jobs i was applying for i got told i was too overqualified because they were just looking for someone just to like watch the watch the gym basically yeah. and not really do anything so it's like okay confidence got knocked down a bit and I was like right my mindset then shifted it still was there and like I just need a job kind of thing as opposed to where I'm now like if I had the same I guess mentality now whereas like I'm passionate about being fitness and kind of doing all that if I had that same mentality then in those 10 years who knows I could have had like my own gym or you know yeah I was gonna ask what would you if you like what would you have done different at that time where someone was saying like you know you're overqualified what would you have done 
I think I would have taken it as a positive. Or like back then, I was just like, oh, they're just saying it just because they don't want to give me the job because of that. And whereas actually, if I'd probably had the like awareness to be like, maybe I don't need you know the corporate gym kind of security of a job. Maybe yeah. if I did it by myself and all those type of things, then things could have turned out differently. See, I think anyone starting in anyone starting in the industry, I think is very important. Um, especially solely going down that level two and level three really yeah. of those qualifications. I think it's very important. Um, having seen and managed uh, that group too, is that they start in that gym environment as a fitness coach, let's yeah. say, to interact, to firstly learn how to interact with others. Yeah. Um, building rapport, building relationships. And then that will naturally lead you into your let's say your own kind of career within fitness or personal mm. training because it will actually determine whether you're any good or like, any good or not passionate about it and i think yeah. that was the thing i was like right if i'm overqualified or if i'm not all i wanted was just get my foot in the door kind of thing and you know just because i was like yeah. i've done the qualification like theoretically i'm probably uh, in my mind I was like theoretically i'm great because i've got all these qualifications and you, you you've and got like the you know with your sports science sports science degree the things that you would have studied um, would have been so in depth that, like, helping someone, yeah. you would have been able to really have an impact on that because it's not like subjective. It'd have been like performance and database, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, and all of that, I thought, you know, what? in my mind, I was like, I'm, it's going to happen at some point, and then it didn't happen. So I was like, okay, what actually happens now? So I was like, scrambling for like, not scrambling, but thankfully my parents weren't charging me board or anything. But yeah, I was just like, what do I do next? And then I did find a job in, I guess, sports. I worked at a cricket academy. All right. Yeah, so before, like, before I moved to London, um, I was where I'm from, back in Leicester, there's a cricket academy. And I worked there for two years, and I thought, I'd, again, when I first joined, I was like, great, I've, you know, love cricket. I'm was coaching. it more like a, a strength and condition kind of role? No, so this was, I, I came in as, they were like, they wanted to introduce, like, video analysis into their performance and feedback for their, for this, um, like the people that come to the academy, yeah. so um, I thought, oh great! Like they gave me a camera. I started like you know started doing stuff, and like and then it got to the point where I was like, okay, great. And then it kind of died down in terms of like the the priorities of the business. Again, it was a, a academy, but it was kind of like a, sort of business in its sense. So the priorities were got to keep the business running and kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, how, how many of those? individuals in the academy yeah. were, were going on then to be you know real cricket real, real yeah athletes. so a lot of them a lot of them like played like county level for like for Leicester for like, un, from like under 11s all the way up to under 16s some of them were playing like men's matches at 13 so that wow. the, the level was high um, and they were like getting noticed by the county um, and then like having trials for Leicestershire and like Northamptonshire like counties locally um, and then after it'd been like two years and it got to the point where I was like I'm not I'm not enjoying it and I and I think again it was that mentality of like my job is like my progression like oh I've got these qualifications mm -hmm. I'm not you putting them to use um, and I was working six days a week and I was like my, my only day off was a Thursday and I was like what 22 year old has a Thursday as a day <laughs> yeah. off and it's like where's the life and like obviously cricket is a summer sport so in the summer you're constantly really busy, busy. In the winter, you're busy, but in the evenings because you come and have winter nets. So it wasn't like it was like working from two in the afternoon till eleven wow. at night and stuff. So it was it was it was it was fun. Like I enjoyed it. I wouldn't say it's hindsight. It wasn't a terrible experience, but at the time I was like, I need to. You wanted more. I wanted more, and I was like, okay. And again, that 
that mindset of like having all these qualifications like what am I actually going to do with them and if I'm not going to put them to use like am I again it was like am I just going to drop in and think of something else and kind of that was that was kind of the way I went so I'm not really didn't pick up fitness until I came to London after that so then yeah moved to London uh, I think it was 2012 okay moved to London and it was just like within like 10 days I, I saw a job and I was working at Nike on Oxford Street just as a temp and I was like I talked to my parents like I'm not enjoying what I'm doing here in like, like the academy and stuff so I was like okay time to you know reassess, again. reassess and like figure out what to do and for some reason it was on I don't know why but the, the job for the the job was on like the UK GovSport website and I was like look at the like it was like performance analysis like internship and then Nike working in the shop I was like I don't know how they relate but it was on the website so I, like, I just applied for the sake of it to, to both yeah to I, pay, both. I paid to both the internship I didn't hear back and then uh, like Nike came back come for an interview me thinking it was Nike I was like oh like biomechanics they do shoes in my mind that was what I was going for ends up I'm working in the shop just to, like as, as an assistant as, yeah, sales, yeah a sales assistant but working in like the back of house so like dealing with the deliveries putting stock away taking stock out all that sort of stuff like okay and then I like, enjoyed it as a, again like as a 22 year old I got my weekends back like every other time yeah so, I mean as a 22 year old like working for Nike probably looking at the discount of it all and like yeah, that, those kind of and things and being in London again like I studied in London went back to Leicester and then came back to London so again being back in London the Olympics run so everything was oh like, yeah of course yeah. so it was, it, was a, it was a good summer like it was buzzing like, so it was definitely worth being around um, and then yeah just worked my way up slightly like within like management and stuff like that at Nike and then kind of thought okay so Nike Nike's where it kind of Nike's where it yeah, kind of took off and yeah. it, is, it is Nike isn't it it's not Nike it's not Nike no so you say Nike you can't yeah yeah like, well I said it because you said it <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so it, it's habit so if you call it a tick I called it a tick once and you just get looks so wow. it's, it's a swoosh so, it's a swoosh yeah, yeah so, so you, it is Nike and not Nike yeah okay. British just but yeah so worked my way up like through management and stuff and that's where it kind of kicked off in terms of career wise because working in like back of house and stuff like I learned like operationally how to mm. work and that kind of piqued my interest like it was all kind of like data and like well I was going to say with the data background yeah like studying that that's, that's so it's it all like right well we've got to get this many units in we're selling this we're doing this so that kind of like piqued my interest and kind of got into it a bit more so Nike kind of took the turn for you with regards to like taking the fitness, the passion from fitness out of it and actually like moving more towards operation career-wise. Exactly, yeah. And then, and then again, Nike, like, I guess, got me into running. I wasn't big into like running, like played football, so that was my running. Um, but yeah, just got into running, like did my like first half marathon that year as soon as I came to London. So I did like a thing called Run to the Beat. So it was like a Nike ran or sponsored oh, yeah. event down in Greenwich so that was my first like got into like within that summer I'd like trained for a half marathon like really got into running and all my time during Nike was like running was well with all the shoes the clothing exactly it all, yeah. right? it was like all the gear but no idea it was like, <laughs> it was like when I came here through the first session I had like Metcons and Matt Fraser t-shirt like how do you know you're a crossfitter without crossfitting <laughs> yeah. Say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah so like got into running and that was like that was it like got the bug of like you know getting into fitness again and like having found passion in a different way yeah so it wasn't necessarily like my passion wasn't related to my career or directly related to my salary or like rent or anything like that it was just like 
I enjoy going back to enjoying why I enjoyed sports and running yeah. or in, in any fitness in the first place. So that kind of like picked it up, and then yeah, I think from from the Nike kind of like moved on to figuring out kind of what I wanted to do, and I thought I've got a data analysis kind of background in in the sports like science, and then applying in different places, and then moved on to to work at Ralph Lauren. Oh, after right. Nike, yeah, so uh, wow. worked there like within the logistics team and like the merchandising teams. Again, like understood like it's all kind of like putting a puzzle together. Like we need to get this from here to here, the most logical way. We need to make sure we're going on stock in every store we've got. So that kind of like so I guess career-wise, it kind of led to being in that kind of data analysis, kind of like yeah, looking at spreadsheets. And but in that time, like I think my passion for fitness just grew and grew, but just because it was getting more and more detached away from kind of like what I thought uni was like it has to be together yeah but the fact that my career was going one way in the way I thought thought and how I approached my career like it left more space to you know pick up that fit like passion for fitness again. sometimes it's like it's difficult isn't it because like you may have a a, a a passion or be very good at a particular sport or fitness and, and naturally think that's going to be your yeah. your career and actually in fact it could be the total like you know it yeah. could be the total opposite exactly yeah and I think that's I think the thing that when it comes like now like my mentality is like if I had the mentality of like I don't have to link them so closely so mm. quickly yeah like, then I probably would have stuck at it a bit longer yeah and had that passion or let it let the passion grow yeah to then but but also you you, it could have gone the other way and being involved in fitness and, and, and want and having a passion for fitness could yeah. have clashed heads at some point and, and yeah. like that you know the element of like burning out or losing that passion for it because you're in it all the time yeah and I was even thinking like I was thinking in the drive like you like you as a business owner as yeah. well like, like you've got the passion for like you know you want to get you want to help people at the same time you've got to think about got to pay the light bill you've got like everything as a business owner like at some point like you said it would have clashed and I think I would yeah. have had that point where I'm like do I resent being the business owner <laughs> yeah. because of my passion because I want people to be fit but like there's always yeah, that, I, yeah I, I can so. openly say that you know I've had times where I'm like my own fitness has de- well declined or I've taken my foot off the gas because they've bumped heads and, yeah. and one takes priority over the other and it's just you know being in it for so long sometimes my my fitness isn't maybe a priority to helping others in the business or running yeah. the business and is it as important probably not I mean it's important to a degree it's important for me to be healthy and yeah. fit but equally at the same time it's very important that this is operational exactly so and I think that that was the thing as well like if I was good like in the self-employed or any of those routes to be like does can I be selfless enough to take myself back take, take a step away to be mm. focused on just my not my own fitness but things around me and I think that's yeah that split that I had with my career and stuff has definitely helped so yeah yeah and then yeah after Ralph Lauren I guess it was pretty I think after that I was like what do I learn next so I learned like I guess like being in the store at Nike you learn like how a brand operates because you're in the energy you're in you're at the last point of between customer and mm-hmm. product and then at Ralph Lauren it was like getting all that stuff to the customer and then I wanted to learn, well, how to even make the stuff in the, in the first place. Oh, Cause, right. Yeah, because I, I, I look at spreadsheets, I don't really comprehend what 30,000 t-shirts looked like. When I saw an order, like 30,000 t-shirts. What's like, that? What, yeah, what yeah, does yeah. that even mean? Because like, even though it, like the seasons and everything, how it works, you're buying so much in advance, like how the, everything works. So it's like... It They're probably already setting up now for, for next, next summer. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like nine, 12 month, 18 month cycles of like buying and stuff. So 
it never comprehends to un never understood what 30,000 meant because it just comes in it goes and it's just like it's just a number on a spreadsheet mm. or in a system so I was like and I never come when someone says oh something's delayed I was like nah it doesn't doesn't matter no we need to get it over and didn't understand I couldn't comprehend you know the amount of work that goes into making something like that because yeah. factories are all over in Asia so I thought I need to for my own career or to my own understanding to like understand that so and that's where like yeah Camden Town kind of came into it the, yeah so that's yeah because like, it's a it's a very interesting um uh where you've kind of flipped now you're now you're at Camden Town Brewery right yeah so that's like so that so, so from Ralph Lauren that led you to Camden Town yeah Brewery. exactly yeah so that's and that was last April so like lockdown lockdown one was when I started so yeah so that was all now I'm kind of like part of the planning team so like sit at the brewery the one of, well they've got the two breweries one in Camden the big one in Enfield um, and they seeing how stuff gets made is like you don't it makes sense yeah yeah it, it kind of takes it, it, it puts it, everything into perspective. perspective yeah 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 um, but obviously a de very different you know it, it, uh, industry as yeah. such you know it's, it's now alcohol and drinks and everything else exactly yeah so it's definitely I think moving from like Ralph Lauren where we plan like nine, 12 months in advance, this is like two, three weeks, turn around, like you make beer in four weeks, you gotta pack it, you gotta get it out. Just wow. So yeah, so. Like, like with all the people, you know, you say, you joining just before the lockdown. Yeah. That would have been quite a uh, crucial period, right? Because that mm. brewery, produ the production would have probably toned down quite a bit. Massively, yeah. and. I think I started on like yeah first the first or the third week of like lockdown as I started and then I got there I got given a laptop I was sent home so I didn't see anyone for like eight weeks so <laughs> it's it was probably the most in, like weirdest thing to like starting start a new job, job and not meeting anyone not meeting people and you don't really like and you can zoom people and you t only talk about work but to build that relationship yeah. you don't like zoom someone oh hey did you watch like, you <laughs> yeah, it's really weird do to, that. you don't do it yeah especially back then because like zoom was like a novelty and working from home was a bit of a novelty um, but yeah, as an industry, like, it, it, like the volume tanked, but equally like cans and bottles just went just through the roof yeah. in terms of production because people were just drinking at home, and a lot of people were furloughed. So like, <laughs> what do you do? And it's was there like, a, was there a new? Well, there might have been a market before, but it, 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 kind of a new and improved market of, of uh, obviously the brew would all have been always been putting things in cans and bottles, but yeah. like because of the lockdown, it was a lot more like, we know that people are gonna buy this at home, we need to tap into different stores, get that out to stores. Um, I think so, but I think they were pretty much everywhere when I joined, they were in like, you could go to any supermarket, you'd find yeah, them. Yeah. So, you yeah. so for the for the size of the brewery and to, to where it's got to, it's like phenomenal for the amount of like output that we put out for, for the two breweries and stuff. And now that since, um, since January, we've been taken over by like ABI, which are Budweiser. Okay. So like they're the parent company now. So like right. we've got like this untapped resource of just like other breweries as well. So it's it's definitely like, and just understand. So going back to I guess understanding where everything works and how it all goes. Like those like Discovery Channel shows where you like how everything's made. I, I watch those. Yeah, I love those. <laughs> you watch it. You think oh this is actually exactly how it works. Like you see the like machines spinning machines, and yeah. everything. It's just like oh, it blows my mind how they make the machines to do the things that they do. Yeah. It, it, like from from production to like how you make a I don't know a, a magnet to how you yeah you like yeah. even to put something together like this you know yeah. it's just it's incredible it's yeah so that was like I was standing there you, like, you can stand over there's a I guess like a, a viewing point on top of the brute from the top and you just look at it and you think 
wow. And you see like the, everything, how it is on, on the shows, belt. conveyor yeah. belts, yeah. like, little, like just machines just pushing everything together, putting it in. How, I don't, I still, I just don't understand yeah. how. And like, I, 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 when someone, when they talk about it, like the engineering team talk about all the bits and technical stuff, I'm like, oh wow. Because it, it would have been a group of people, right? Get together brainstorms how they make it yeah that information would have had to have gone into a, a computer or a code or something yeah and then i don't know a signal to something like you turn it on and it goes yeah like we've got a we've got like a robot that picks up kegs empty kegs turns it around knows where to put it and knows when to pick up the full ones to put it on another pallet and i'm like even just wow. the robot i watch the robot all day like, <laughs> not but there, there is actually a lot of um uh there's been a lot of shows recently because um Someone who, who previously came here uh, had one day visited the Amazon, one of the wa Amazon warehouses, yeah. and in there they have so much artificial uh, intelligence for yeah. the like picking and packing. Of, I actually, a long, long time ago, worked for a company that used to pick and yeah. pack, a sports company, and I worked in the sales and customer, team, customer department team, but sometimes going out to the warehouse, you would see physically people go into like C123, yeah. pick that out, pack that, next box, but machines are yeah. taking over completely yeah because um a couple of colleagues went to the big brewery that budweiser have in the uk and they've got exactly the same thing like any finished with pallets literally there's a robot that just goes up like stacks on stacks on stacks and it just goes in out knows where to pick it yeah knows everything rows and rows of rows uh, rows and there and he showed me that our bottle our bottle machine runs at ten thousand bottles an hour okay so that, and that's got, huge that's a lot yeah the Budweiser one, you can't even see the bottles spin because they're go it's going around that quickly. It's it like it boggles like. And then it's all box packed, goes into a trolley or lorry, and then yeah, and it's out. out. Yeah, so within so like our our typical beer, like it takes four weeks to brew. So within like six, within five to six weeks, you could have beer that was like fresh beer that was made like. Is that, there's is it hops that are in? Hops are in there. You got malt, um, uh, not malt, malt and barley and stuff like that. So yeah, so it's, it's like four ingredients to make beer depending on the type of beer so we there's uh, like our indian pale ale takes two weeks to brew okay so depending on what type of beer you have um so be yeah four weeks is the max. and and this is usually like sold out to supermarkets or it's definitely not obviously because it's on a large scale it wouldn't be to individuals right um well we've got a web shop but like you, can, you can't walk it you can't just rock up yeah. to the brewery and be like i'll buy a can yeah yeah it's all distribution it's so. all distributed yeah and then uh, we'd like kegs obviously and all that sort of stuff so yeah so it's but yeah, like the the smaller brewery in Kentish Town, like in Camden, they do all the, like the fun stuff, like the okay. innovation stuff. So like, we just made a beer with Marmite. Why <laughs> you even love it or hate it? it, it literally, <laughs> the marketing team literally it's called love it or hate it. Oh, so right. yeah, <laughs> so yeah, so we do all the, like all sorts of stuff like that. So there's definitely understanding like how it, the effort that it takes to to make a beer. So that's like career wise, I've like got every piece of the puzzle. Of, like I know how stuff's made now, I know how to get it there executing so like the whole career thing kind of like has come together has come together and it's like a lot of fun to especially at the brewery it's like a lot of fun to yeah, actually yeah. see it get made and you work in beer so it's not exactly like yeah i mean does it does it mean that you uh you indulge in uh a few beverages i try yeah i mean you spend so much time around it you try and not all the time and equally like again kind of like contradicts like the fitness lifestyle yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly so i'm not like rocking up and then coming here to do like a class like so yeah so yeah. <laughs> not at 6 a.m <laughs> no no at 6 a.m yeah um but yeah no it, it's it's part i guess one of the perks of the job to enjoy the products that we make like it's it's good stuff so you can't so no regrets of fitness what not as, as a career no i think there's always there's always that little bit of what if because i think looking at where like 
how much fitness has taken over or grown like from in the last 10 years like the last five years even the last like 18 months because of lockdown and all that sort of stuff like the importance of it yeah I think if I was if I'd have started 10 years ago mm. I'd have probably like been doing something different but I think hindsight now is like I'm glad that I've still got my passion for it outside of like a career it's not like dependent on how, what I do for yeah, work yeah. so yeah I'm, I'm, yeah I'm definitely happy that I've got that as a passion now happy that, that fitness hasn't worked out in that sense yeah. you, you found your like destiny let's say yeah um been to america what have you ever been to other places in the world is it to to through career or holidays and stuff um holidays yeah i've been to uh, last holiday was india i went for a wedding and stuff so been to india and it was the first time i went in like 20 years so the first time i went was like i was 10 but i got really ill so it was like one of those things and have yeah, you got a lot of family uh, uh yes yeah, so i've got like my dad's side of the family that okay. are still there um, so the first time I went, just for the first time of going, so went to like Delhi and all that, and then but then got really ill, really ill as in like I needed drips and I was in the hospital for oh, like two three days. So what 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 was? I think I drank the water by accident, and <laughs> so like because at ten I was like I think I'd been out playing cricket or something like cousins or whatever, and like, came back I was thirsty, like had a swig of water, and it's not something you're not meant to do, like coming from yeah, yeah water yeah, from yeah. the UK. So then, next thing you know, like hurling everything up, like wow. couldn't keep anything down, and I can't remember. But mum was like, "Yeah, just get. Him, we need to get taken to hospital." He's Did like, you get off lightly? Like it could have been more serious. I think so. Like the doctors were saying it was like malaria, but I wasn't sure if it. Well, I don't know if they were just like saying it just for the sake of something that I could understand, but <laughs> <laughs> just because like my mum was like, "No, no, it's fine." Like there's me like sitting there on a drip, like in, in a hospital, like. What's it, like as a ten-year-old? Ten, yeah, as yeah, a ten-year-old, yeah. thinking, ah, oh, no, like it's it's like all t- all ten years have flashed before your eyes. Yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. Um, and then yeah, so since then it was like parents have been back, like everyone's been back like multiple times, and I was just like reluctant to go back just because of the fear of like. I could imagine it would probably scarred you, right? Yeah. So it was, I was like, you know, what, I, yeah, something I would made to, always made something up, like uni got to focus on <laughs> like, exams and like mum's like ah oh, yeah at least he's focusing like, <laughs> messed up the exams but as long as I was like p- pretending yeah um, and then like work and stuff and I was like oh, do you know what? I can't afford it now or whatever so and then cousin was getting married so like okay can't not skip out on a wedding so yeah. went back and uh, yeah I, thankfully I was fine yeah um, but yeah no been been to Singapore a couple of times as wow. well so there's that seven star hotel in uh, no is it seven star hotel in uh, Singapore I think so yeah there's the Marina Bay Sands with the boat on top yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. so didn't stay there my cousin lives out there so I stayed wow. with her yeah because um, yeah, she got married and they like like moved over there and that was amazing like, it's been, a, yeah Singapore nice it's ridiculous like it's like I think it's only as big as like London or the M25 or something but really yeah it's not that big but it's as a place like it's what what what's like I've, i had no idea what's like lifestyle there what's kind of weather like? weather is like it's constantly like 27 28 it's humid so i think it's like, i think it's like on the equator so it never but you never we never get like the they never have like the long days like we have in the summer okay. because i think where it sits on the earth but it's 27 30 degrees every day wow you can't it's humid but you'll take it yeah well, yeah absolutely yeah, like, like not complaining yeah um and i think i think there's a lot of expats out there i think it's, a, it's become a lot of like it's come become a like a financial hub for yeah. asia in that in that area that part of the world but it's just clean like everyone's like so nice like my co- the first time i went my cousin just like put you she just put her like a purse down to reserve the table 
if you put your if you go to I don't know put your purse down here to like reserve a table it might not be there it won't be there yeah, like, yeah and she'd like she's left her phone at places people just pick up and give it to her wow. and I was like so, so there's a huge respect for like people's belongings and all that sort of stuff so, like yeah. culturally it's uh, it's a big place but uh, like not a, a, a nicer place but they were, if you compare it to like here could you like could that be expanded everywhere it's like one of those things like it could work in like small pockets but for it to be yeah, like yeah as things get bigger too it's harder to maintain that exactly like, like if, if I look at UK like Bristol's like an amazing place to go yeah Br- oh, Bristol's nice yeah. I love Bristol and then like how everyone like just uh, I guess if how it works is quite lefty quite kind of a lefty uh, uh, city and if you think can it work then you think you expand it to like London it's like there's so many more people in London though it's just it's, it's, yeah. it's, just, it's a struggle so yeah but yeah so Singapore's been one of the last places I went to and then traveling wise I've always wanted to go to Iceland yeah yeah just because the northern lights are just amazing it, 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 I've been there it's, it's, it's pretty cool yeah, like, yeah. Like, friends have been there and just like they're just speechless the Blue Lagoon was probably one of the best experiences I've had really yeah it was just being like you, there's only, there's, you don't get lots of hours of daylight either no, so like yeah. g- going into that water the lagoon like it was just unreal just, yeah. it so was, that's one of the places I want to go but equally getting there now obviously with Kyle yeah yeah, yeah no, it's, it's, on, it's on the list definitely go but working with Ralph Wren must have uh, I mean you may or may not have travelled with Ralph Wren but I, that, uh, did you travel with Ralph Wren? I did uh, well first my first ever store visit was to Bista so it wasn't I thought oh yeah it was like great we're going on a store oh, visit I, yeah. I <laughs> spent a lot of money in that Ralph Wren one yeah, I, I think um, <laughs> I I just got my student overdraft yeah I didn't I didn't finish uni I left after three months it just wasn't for me it wasn't the right time but I was given a student overdraft and uh, it's almost like free money cause it's yeah, not, and, yeah and I'd also <laughs> just been paid for, for the work that I'd been doing yeah I went to Ralph Lauren on that day uh, and I fucked up big time yeah I just bought everything I, was, I ended up paying that off for god knows how long yeah so just getting out of that overdraft since so I've left we've not been back to that store so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but they moved it's not in the same spot they've moved it because it was it. one of the biggest biggest shops in Vista yeah. but I don't think it is anymore it's well it's the biggest because it's like the, it's the biggest the, outlet it's the biggest outlet yeah. for Ralph Lauren yeah. I think in the world now is it oh, right, yeah okay. so there's one in New York but I think square like square footage yeah and stuff, like yeah. the bosses back then were like it's ma- it yeah. A, but yeah it's still big but yeah first store visit was Vista and then after that, I got managed to go to Italy because the warehouse was in Italy, so that was oh, really wow. nice. Yeah, and whereabouts in, uh, in B- Serra Valle? It's like Bologna, so like north. Um, and that was the first time I had like stone baked pizza properly from like and <laughs> changed my. I was like oh, your your taste buds for pizza. Yeah, my like the food was cooked fresh, like pasta was like. Now I'm like, oh, I've got this dry like pasta in a bag. Like oh, <laughs> the, fr- the, f- the more expensive stuff in the fridge is like oh, I'm looking at that, but. The, 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 yeah, when you, yeah. I, I think when you eat in Italy, yeah. um, it is a very different experience to eating Italian food. Yeah, here. it yeah. was, it was great, and this was like a, what they call like a chain restaurant, but it didn't taste like one. That yeah. the guy, the manager of the Italian store we went to, he was like, "Go here, you'll like, like it's not authentic." He said it's not authentic, but to us, we're like, <laughs> "Yeah, we'll take yeah, it." Yeah, we'll take <laughs> <you>. <laughs> travelers like tourists and stuff. Um, so, so how, what age were you when you were at Ralph Ralph, Ralph Lauren? Um, so I Mid-20s? joined. Yeah, so I joined uh, 2016, so I'd have been 
26, 27. Your, your wardrobe must have been full of, of Ralph Lauren. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. <laughs> it's like I've got really nice trainers and really nice clothes and I can drink beer now. So yeah, <laughs> and drink beer looking good. So You've yeah. got great fitness clothing, great social like, out, yeah. uh, clothing and, uh, and, and, and great beer all the time. Exactly, yeah. So. <laughs> Ticked all the boxes, right? Exactly, yeah. So, like, uh, so yeah, so like, I'm fortunate to work for all these companies and stuff and I think the perks are just the... the the nice the, yeah, yeah. The iceberg. What, what were some of the, like if you can, if you were allowed to say some of the perks at, at Ralph Lauren or even Nike, really, Nike. Even. Nike were, I think the discount, in-store discount was was fairly decent. Like it was yeah. close to it was close to half half price. Wow. So you can imagine like every month, be like, oh, I'll just get some trainers. Yeah. Like my I when I bought my flat, like I need, I was like, I need to have a cupboard just for just trainers. trainers. I mean, I worked in sports retail. I yeah. I, I worked at. Um, when, when I was 16, 15, uh, no, 16, yeah, can't, not 15, uh, 16, 17, I worked at JD Sports. Yeah. And at one point I owned 23, 22 or 23 pairs of trainers. Mm. It's easily done. When you work for a sports retailer, it's very easily yeah, done. Yeah, I've got, I've got still, I've still got a load of trainers at my parents' house, but they're still trying to get rid of, like, get me Yeah, to but take. You, sometimes you don't want to get rid of them. Well, I just want, she's like, just take them to your place because you've got the space for it. I was yeah, I will, I will. Yeah, will. yeah. I just haven't. I was like, and to be fair, I've not worn them for a year, so clearly I don't really miss them too much that's the other thing right yeah and since then I bought more so it's because it's in your head it's like well I know that I've got them and even even though you haven't worn them for a year like yeah but I don't really want to throw them away yeah so yeah so it's nice and it's just nice to just have training because you you obviously got like access to knowing what was coming out or you know you could keep your size in the storeroom uh when no people got sacked for that really yeah so there's a big thing no I don't know anything about it yeah Nothing. Oh, the trainers look nice. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, it's, yeah, it weren't allowed. Like pe- we've seen people like lose it. Like it's, it's a, especially for it's just what's left, right? It's just what's left. Like because the whole thing is especially ones which got like hyped around. Like I think the first well, the first year I was at Nike, like Kanye West had done his collaboration with like Nike and stuff. So his Yeezy trainers were getting sold at the store. Well, did he do? Uh, is it not with Adidas? Did he not do it? It was with Adidas. So this right. was, yeah, so before it was with Nike and oh, I didn't know that. I yeah. thought it was always Adidas. I thought it was always Adidas. Yeah, so he did he did like two or three releases with Nike and the shoes people were like the manager who was like taking care of the launch. People were bothering her for like two weeks before the launch. They were telling like she, they knew Trying the staff exit and entrance. I've seen people do stupid stuff for trainers like it's well there's there is a whole market in that isn't there because a lot of yeah like a lot of people you know whether they you want to call them like youtubers or whatever like will will try to get into that industry of like buying really exclusive trainers or or sourcing them for uh celebrities exactly yeah and it's i've seen people like i've had i've seen people have a fight outside the store i've seen people like have a taxi ready waiting the car open just literally, the dude just runs in, shuts the door. They've driven off because someone's chasing them because they want to steal the trainers. Yeah. And it's like, and I was like, this is the middle of London. It's ten a.m. on a Saturday. Yeah. And people yeah. Are going like, oh, it's, it's it's mad. Like. It must be quite hard. They, they, you know, someone coming into sh- coming into the store, wanting to try on a pair of trainers, put them on both pairs on their feet. We, these are a couple of some of the things that we experience yeah. too. Like. And you're like, I'll, is this guy going? Is yeah. he going to run? <laughs> you're like, are you going to like? It's not worth chasing because it, yeah. it's, it's always safety first, right? But yeah. there, it, it does happen. It does happen, yeah. But thankfully, like, I think the way that like Nike have done it quite well was that to to get to those trainers, you're going to go up two flights of the escalators, yeah, yeah. and there's only escalators, so yeah. you're either like patiently waiting, yeah, and by then hopefully someone's like there's enough people, yeah. or staff, or security. Well, actually, the rule of the the general rule, right, is only to let them try one. Yeah, but. 
it's it can't it yeah. doesn't always work that way yeah, yeah. you try like I've, i remember the first boxing day i worked it, mad it's mad like you think people like people like you know the mass behind how they're selling stuff so yeah. you think mm, yeah okay but people i've seen people like we'll open the store like 8 30 on on boxing day waiting outside waiting outside they run upstairs and you see all the like the sitcoms you know like, the sitcoms <laughs> yeah, people are fighting over like these yeah, yeah. like and you think oh no it never Doesn't happens. happen it, it, does. it happens yeah. like properly it happens and you think wow like yeah and again like when i think working from like, working for the company you think yeah it's great for the numbers and stuff but culturally like where, yeah, do, it's where, do, where do we lead to like to, to want to obviously we're coming up to 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 Black Friday. In fact, it, when this gets released, will probably be that same same week. Yeah. And stores will be going um, nuts. Well, people have like Black Friday weeks now, don't they? Months even now. They're so starting like, now. Amazon is like they've got a whole week event of just like putting stuff on, and people are like, "Oh, you'll save you save money," and it's like it's gonna everyone's gonna buy a lot more stuff. And fair enough. Like I'm surprised it's come over. Like an American friend of mine is like, "I don't even know why you guys have Black Friday. It means nothing to you guys." But now it's just a thing where yeah it's, like, it's it, 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 like it is sales right you, you're just creating a sense of urgency for for yeah. whatever it is and a lot of people don't really actually need what they want to no. buy it's like oh it's gone from 100 quid to like 75 i'm saving 25 quid actually yeah you're not saving 25 quid you're spending 75 because you don't need it yeah or like since when does everyone need like it seems like everyone needs a 55 inch tv come like since when have you needed it yeah, like, absolutely. yeah so it's like well i've seen people like fighting asda for a tv like the yeah. last one you think you don't even recognize a name and you're still fighting for it just because it's gone down to like 200 quid but yeah like who knows but yeah it's a, it's a strange it's a strange way that i think people or how we've all been like just buy 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 and obviously ralph Lauren had a very different clientele it did yeah like the people were still after a bargain like people still want to look good for, for, for less for less yeah for less yeah but there's and that's why people go to Bista, right people people love it i think it got to a point where like it's part of like a london tour like people, oh really yeah like london tour would ship you out to Bista to go for shopping and stuff like it, i mean it, for me it's an experience yeah it's itself, an experience yeah. yeah i mean i i've been up there re, not recently so i've been up there since i spent all that money yeah. when i was and I, i've never gone there and spent that much yeah. money <laughs> because a lot of the stuff is wasn't needed like fine i did never buy clothes for a longer period of time again like i think i had every at the time Ralph Lauren was huge and I think every polo was in a different colour yeah the same I went that same year I went to the States actually yeah um, and the polos were even cheaper out, out in, the sta- in the States yeah but it just the novelty wears, wears off but you're right people do want to look um, good yeah so the, good for less yeah and the clientele was yeah I think having a bit more money having like they enjoy kind of dressing up and stuff so I think the clientele differs from I guess Nike like anyone can just wear yeah. anyone can wear Nike and it's not it's, and but there's, it's, all, there's always like you know uh, you kind of even in at, at Ralph Friend, there'll always the, the, this, in those kind of shops there'll always be someone who is up to the same shenanigans as what they would do at Nike and go mad in those respects you know yeah I mean I've seen people just go there and you see them rack up like three four thousand pounds worth of stuff and, and people try to steal them and yeah. then if they do if they're successful stealing them They'll try to return it, right, and get a refund. Uh, we've, I've, <laughs> at Nike, I've seen all sorts of stuff. Like it's crazy. It's especially if it's like an inside job. Like it's yeah. Like you see people return stuff, and the next you know they just whacked on extra on the gift card, and, it's, and like the stuff that people can get up to. Yeah. It's rather clever, but at the same time, you just think, like, like why? Yeah. People are addicted to it. But so they introduced those um, security tags with ink in them, right? So as soon as well, this yeah. was quite a few years ago. You, 
you tried to break that you, ink would go everywhere it was obvious that you tried to steal it yeah <laughs> yeah no it's uh, I, I don't know what they do now but when I was leaving Nike they, they got to the point where they were just like we're not going to put tags on because we'll trust the customer like our customer service should detect because apparently it, and it does work like if you go up to someone and say hey how are you like the paranoia of someone trying to nick something be like yeah. oh no we've been sussed out and then they'll just put it back so th- that whole thing so it, it kind of works kind of doesn't but yeah Ralph Lauren there's de- everything is it was tagged so when we went to the store visit you just see everything's tagged then because you don't want an 800 pound jacket being stolen or anything it's not yeah I, I, well I mean I, I would imagine at Vista like in, in that place in particular that store they, they would because um, people go come from all over the UK to go to Vista like yeah. Liverpool Manchester they, they come down just to go to Vista yeah. Village however there is one um there's one in Swindon, isn't there? There's a smaller one in Swindon. There's a smaller one in Swindon, yeah, which is... I've, I've been to Swindon as well, yeah, so as you can see, Ralph Lauren's the, the, yeah. the store visits. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, the I've been, that, that's yeah. where I went. <laughs> in fact, I, I, I actually remember that we, a friend, me and a friend of mine at the time, we, um, we went to the one in Bistar and it either didn't have what we wanted or it was, it was closing, or it was closed, they were yeah. refurbing the shop. So we drove from Bistar to Swindon that, that very same day and we yeah. got there like 15 minutes before it shut crazy <laughs> do stupid things when you want something yeah <laughs> but yeah no it's uh, it's definitely I think Swindon is equally just as nice a store but again it just it, it caters to who's in Swindon and yeah. like to the, to, to the price point there whereas you, at Vista you're expecting a certain person to spend yeah. a certain amount so because some of the shops regardless whether it be you know Nike Ralph Lauren whatever shop they will um, what the, the stock they have in store will reflect the demographics that are around that area right exactly and like who comes to that kind of store so yeah. at Vista like when I was there because there's, there's a huge like Chinese tourism, we'd make sure there's a lot more smaller sizes just for oh, we right. knew that like Chinese tourists would be coming, and they would come in and want to spend a lot of money. So yeah. we made sure that they, they would were have stocked in those areas. in those smaller sizes where like where what we'd send to like maybe a Dutch or a German store generally or naturally a lot taller than most most air, like most countries. We'd send the bigger stuff there. And there was actually a market for like big and tall kind of stuff in like Holland. Yeah, like Germany. size like 14, 15 shoots. Yeah, like That's that. insane. Like I'd probably fit in that. And like, yeah. <laughs> and like size, like, like length was like 42 leg or like, wow. like long. And I was like, like you know, I've even met those customers like walking around the stores like, and you see them like, oh, can you make sure you have this in? And I was like, yeah, sure. All right. do, 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 would you often get like, well, maybe not often, but would you would you experience that? Get those customers in and, and have things ready for them on their next visit? Um, like, yeah, so the, the, one of the stores in Holland was specifically had like a list of clients who like wanted this big and tall kind of product and uh, would go because, again, it's like, it's like sourced quite, it's not like a huge market for it. So to get it, we'd always make sure we'd send it to that particular store. Right. And, and that store would then call the customers like, we've got this, this and this. Come. Yeah come down and it adds that kind of like personal touch to the whole Ralph Lauren yeah experience. it's a customer experience isn't it right? exactly yeah so that was a, that was a big thing so yeah and then but yeah I think that was a, that was like the biggest thing in terms of like yeah uh, how it and, and all through this is like training well and maintaining fitness yeah so. it's kind of like I think becoming an obsession or an addiction yeah. to, to wanting to get better and stuff and like, I think coming to coming here like having done like I think going to the gym is fine and you do like the half hour classes which actually turn into like a 20 minute class you think oh you've got a workout fitness, yeah. you've got a certain level of fitness come here and you're like literally doing it for 50 minutes like literally like constant 50 minutes it's a completely different like 
amount of effort that you need to put in. Yeah, and how you feel during it, how you feel after. Yeah, like when I feel after, like, okay, first, like, a few minutes, just about catching my breath and, like, panting and whatever. <laughs> but there's just that feeling as soon as I've got back in the car, I was like, I oh, you know I should have done one more rep, or I should I, sh- I knew I should have. Like there's that obsession to like want to, want to, to do more, want to do more, get better. And I think I guess it's called like, I would class it as like a healthy addiction. Like yeah. and, and well, there certainly could be worse addictions, right? Yeah, exactly. Which is like when people say, "Oh, you obsess about it," or you know, you're constantly wanting to work out, and why do you do it? It's like one, I enjoy it because like my mum was rang me this morning. She goes, "Why don't you go swimming? And go to the sauna?" I was like it's not me I want to like I want to be like dying after 50 minutes I feel like I've worked out and like from running like mentally as well like I know that I've worked out like that whole kind of like oxygen to the brain kind of thing like from a mental perspective like after I worked out yeah probably waddled like a penguin for a few days after leg day or like this week (laughs) I've been frustering all week yeah 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 a lot of legs yeah yeah, so but I feel like just feel amazing after I'm mentally like ready for work because I think come into it prepared and it's like what, what what have you seen as your biggest change since since starting since starting CrossFit? Whether you know physically um, or I think mentally to to push myself. I think yeah. I think where like a gym workout, you're doing it for maybe like thirty seconds on, thirty seconds rest kind of thing. You, you you do your ten reps and you know you can rest. But here it's like no, you're just going until you hear someone say stop, and it's like <laughs> it's like or you do an AMRAP, you're just doing as much as you can, and it's just pushing you to constantly just keep on yeah. doing as much as you can like you could do the workout like I think I think the workout Wednesday was like 30 20 10 or whatever it was that you could do it if you had like infinite amount of time like it's not a hard workout but when you like squeezing in you've got 15 minutes yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like I think there was a quote someone said if you give yourself three hours to clean your room you're doing three hours but if you give yourself like three days it'll take you three days exactly so like and so that kind of like mentality like right 15 minutes like i need to get this work done in this time period and it's like a huge like mental thing to be like that's actually a very good way to look at i think uh us as coaches try to always give the right advice with like to get the very best out the very best out this workout needs to be done in in this time yeah Um, that's a good good way to to yeah and and that kind of thinking to be like right especially when it's an amrap because in my mind, I'm like, oh, how much can I do myself? And it's like, okay, I've it's already a big set. mental test, right? Yeah. Uh, amraps. And setting, and you think, oh, it's just a 12 minute one. You think, oh, 12 minutes, I'm going to get this done. The number that you thought of, you harvest, you think, right. <laughs> it's like, right, as long as I get to that number, then I'll be fine, or yeah. just past it or something. So, yeah, so like mentally, it's a big thing. And probably like, and physically as well, like, I don't think I've moved certain ways that I have since I've been, like been here like like pull-ups and stuff like done them on like the machines at the gym but like doing like the box jumps the other day was like a, like jumping pull-ups and stuff is completely different to how you do yeah, like, yeah. maybe a normal pull-up with bands or something yeah. just to help you so it's all different ways of of, of, of moving of and yeah, there, yeah and like so it's been really positive it's been really positive for yeah you. it's definitely been positive and actually definitely encouraged a lot more I think before we changed over to the different like fitness pro and all yeah, that sort of tracks, stuff like yeah, yeah. But even before that when we we're just like there was a lot more strength work and kind of like i never really did like one rep maxes or anything like that it was just I'd go to the gym do my three sets of 10 through each arm or like whatever movement or each part body yeah. part and then just move on and that was it but to like i think i think getting the perspective of the coaches and how they how the programming works and stuff it's like Right, okay, I know I can do it now. Whereas before, I was always a bit nervous about doing doing it. Yeah. No, like, that's good to hear. One run maxes and stuff. So yeah, so it's definitely like that's good. When I go back to the gym by myself, it's like 
I know I can do. Yeah, like, it's more. You have more confidence. Yeah, that, confidence yeah. to do like I can do like legs and do five three one and not have to like worry or. Cause so you always, can't get out. You can't bail out of it. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, am I going to get enough out of that workout yeah, and yeah. stuff like that? So like, I think that's the biggest thing, right? But people assume that the more you know, the more volume, the more it's, it's better. But actually, yeah. not necessarily. I mean, I always use the example of when. Uh, I was taught on my level two for CrossFit the workout that because on each of those days you always do a workout. Yeah. And on that day was the coach led a hour of deadlifts and the deadlift like format was like uh, sets of three, 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 two, 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 one, 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 and we'd done that for an hour. And by the end of it, like, and we were all well conditioned individuals. Like yeah. we were all we only had nine sets of one to, or nine sets into two in total yeah. but we were all fried like we had the very best hour yeah. purely because sometimes less is actually more it was like yesterday I think like the thrusters like one, yeah. just ones or like yeah, even yeah. like five I think oh five thrusters like you doesn't sound like, like smash like thrusters out like for, like for fun usually or like war balls or whatever and you think yeah. it's, and you think actually no it's a lot to get get it all and yeah, yeah so that, I think that whole part of like transferring all that to cross, like from CrossFit into like normal normal fitness or yeah, yeah, however yeah. you think is like definitely helped or yeah, changed absolutely. perspective yeah um, so Ravi what, what are the plans then for you fitness wise for, or, or even personal plans what have you got moving forward like next six months was it was you, was you want out of it uh, personally I think personal wise I think just carry on like I'm enjoying work I can't I can't complain about where I work and who I work with and stuff so I think that as long as that can stay as it is then I'll be happy for the next six months fitness wise yeah, I just want to, I think, just carry on. I think I like, made, like, a decent enough start. I think, yeah. I think I had, like, COVID, like, three weeks ago, so, like, stopped in between and stuff. So, like, now that kind of got all that out of the way, just be, like, if I'm consistent, then I'll see, like, yeah. results and stuff. So I want to, like, lead into, like, 2022. Consistent training. Consistent training. And making like, progressions. Yeah, so I think I've, coming coming here, like, the three sessions, like, used to, like, before I joined, I was, like, I'd go to the gym, like, four or five, even six times. And not feel sore coming here three times a week and actually need to rest like genuinely like, <laughs> genuinely need to rest like two three days just to like get in like get back in yeah like and even just stretching and stuff like before it was like eh, stretching like, it, it's not a thing it's important it, right it's like now i'm like massively important like there's some like i'm like i can't even stretch down to do certain things i'm like oh that needs to get better kind of thing or like in in every aspect so yeah so that's kind of like I guess just changing the way I think about how I approach workouts and stuff and not just think right those six workouts I was doing before can I get like you said like can I get it in more into the three yeah and I think just, yeah that's approaching the, it each individual each workout and getting what you can out of that workout as opposed to try and fit in the volume of six days just because I need to work out and yeah, feel for six I think days. It, and yeah and then mentally I was like well I've worked six, six days it's fine whereas now I'm like three days and like feeling it a lot better a lot more the intensity is great the, intensity, the, inten is higher, the yeah. intensity is a lot higher and feeling it more like even I think the way I eat now before I was like I watched what I eat when I was doing it but now I'm like actually no I need to like eat the certain things fuel I'm, for your workouts yeah, yeah so if I'm not if I have like if I have like a crappy meal or if I can't I don't have the time to make lunch you feel it I feel it so mm. I'm like those kind of changes like and it's like ticking like, like yeah it's, it's, so it's making a big difference so yeah so those are the things I think just be more consistent in that and turning up and like hopefully like, I hope I've made like improvements since I've joined so I wanted to just carry yeah, yeah, on seeing absolutely. Those, yeah yeah I, I, I think you've lost a lot of weight since you first oh, uh, thanks, yeah. I, I, yeah, I so. tell you that when you walked in and didn't get a chance to yeah so. yes <laughs> um, but no I mean it makes, a it makes a huge difference right movement uh, is key good food yeah. is key yeah so those are the things I think want to carry on and like doing like all the different things that like some of the movements I've never even thought about doing but mm -hmm. to be able to achieve those like in the next six months 12 months would be like 
massive like boost because in my mind I always think that I've always, well, the re another reason I joined CrossFit because being good at a little bit of everything just helps because just in case like one mate goes oh do you want to go for a run and be like yeah you can, oh, yeah, do, I can do it or I couldn't always I don't think it ever happens but if someone just throws I'm like let's just work out yeah and, and you feel like you can and, you, you want to feel, feel like, like you physically can do anything exactly and I think like CrossFit probably does that in, Absolutely. in, in every aspect so yeah. I'd want to be like if a mate goes our leg day do you want to do it like yeah I can do <laughs> my own leg day I'm, I don't need to be like squatting 15 plates on either side or whatever and like be massive but yeah, yeah I can yeah. hold my own kind of thing so yeah so that's like what I want to be able to like good yeah so that's that's the goal yeah nice Rob we've run out of time for today unfortunately um <sighs> thank you so much no worries no thank um, you for having me and we look forward to uh consistently learning these new movements and, and ticking all those boxes for 2022 yeah no perfect no, I appreciate it thank you thank you see you next week